This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Hello, Jennifer. Hey, Richard. How are you? I'm so happy to see you today. I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to meet up this week because it is Thanksgiving after all. And it is my son's 21st birthday today. Wow. Congratulations. I cannot believe it. <laughs> what are you guys doing today for for his birthday? He wanted to go to Boa. So he wanted to take some friends and go to Boa, which is a very nice place. And so Argentinian place. No, Boa is a steakhouse. That's yeah. And so I have a group of friends that I'm going to Sushi Roku, which is right next door, and then he's gonna be at Boa. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. And the check will come over from Boa over to your table in the next door, right? Absolutely. It's going to be a very expensive night. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's lovely. Um, I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was it eight years ago or nine years ago that you were doing Thanksgiving dishes and you were hearing my dulcet tones? Yes, it was. How many? 2014, what, 13? Was it 2013? I don't know. I don't know. We're so funny. So Jennifer was uh, doing her Thanksgiving dishes and I guess listening to an audible tape while she was doing I was, I was listening to one of the first greatest books of all time. Um, it is a wonderful afterlife. And I so fell in love with your voice and the fact that the book was so long and the fact that you lived in Santa Monica. I'm like, I'm going to meet this guy and offer him just if we could see this together and like if he's interested and what was your answer oh no i was like uh i'm sorry what does a medium do or is that i don't understand what that is talk to to dead people you're like yeah i'm not no well i i know i kind of said you know it's not my cup of tea but then i realized it's just because i didn't understand or know anything about it and and thanks to you i was we were having that conversation about well I said, so what is it you do? And I heard a voice in my head saying, why are you resisting this? And I thought, yeah, why am I? Uh, and then you told me what, you know, that you work with law enforcement and other things. And and I realized- That time, that, that time I was actually working with William Bratton, I think that week even. Wow. And then I, because uh, I had been working so long on what happened to Amelia Earhart for like 20, 30 years, I thought, wait a minute. If she talks, if she's helping people in law enforcement about missing persons, why don't I ask her? I said, well, how would you like to work on the most famous missing person case in history? And then I heard a little voice saying, you don't know what you're capable of. So why not? I'm like, okay, why not? And then I didn't know who you were going to talk to until you came to the office. And even then, you're even like, then I set up my camera and we just started talking. And mm-hmm. I was startled because I was talking to someone off planet who knew as much about Amelia Earhart as I did after spending 30 years and working on every movie that they've made about her, um, you know, as a, as a historian, historical guy, research, you know, stuff like that. So it was fascinating. And, and so many things we, you know, talking to Bill Paxton, we talked to Bill, Billy Paxton, who had just passed over and number of people came through. It was so startling. And now here we are eight or nine years later we can find out because it, whatever we became facebook friends that's the year i think that we can look that up i don't know if there's a way to, i know we're gonna get people like 
Wait. Well, it's okay. Let's put it this way. It had it's at least eight years. And it's every roughly every week since then, Jennifer has given her time to allow us to explore and test and try and see what we can learn. And then somewhere along the line, uh, because my friend Luana started showing up so often every time we'd have lunch together, I realized Luana was part of this conversation that we were having. And so that's why Luana writes the forward to the book Backstage Past to the Afterlife from the flip side, which Jennifer and I collaborated on. So, uh, there's three of them and tuning into the afterlife for those looking for Christmas gifts to give away to their family and friends. Yes. So while you're looking that up, dear, we can ask Luana. Let's just ask her uh, on the flip side. I think it's like 2014. I feel it won't tell us. How long have we been friends? Well, that, that's all right. So it's about nine years. Crazy. And what's funny about that is that what has anyone done for nine years every week? No kidding, that's right? Crazy. That's crazy. But maybe part of the gift is that you forget everything that happens while we talk. And then so I'm not so annoying when I ask you the same <laughs> question about next week. It definitely keeps it interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I get to look, I get to look back and actually I get to see, you know, it's like, it is, it's like listening to you for the first time every time. Well, the other part of it that's so fascinating, I think to the audience, and that's why we do this podcast. I mean, we started the podcast two years ago during the pandemic because we couldn't have lunch. Right. It's like, you know, how can we meet up? But I think what would be interesting, this format that we do, which is we ask Luana, we've learned. Luana has a guest list or has a topic that she wants to talk about. And, and then she puts it in our minds, sometimes beforehand, what she wants to converse about. So let's ask Luana, our moderator on the flip side. So she just said to me, let's talk about your meditation today. So I, you know, I go into my little, I channel you know, and I just was asking some questions and then I just decided to ask a question, which I'm sure they put into my head. I'm like, so am I talking to my dad or am I talking to my higher self? And I instantly started writing, you are actually where I felt my dad, but I instantly was getting, you were talking to your future self about a situation. Okay. And I sat there, that is so cool. That is you so know? cool. Well, so Luana, what does that mean? Let's go, let's break this down a little bit because- Lou has a great insight into how to communicate these higher or these very complex thoughts to help us understand what they mean. What, did, what does she mean by higher future self? So I, because there's no time over there and I'm, I get into the place of where there's no time. I'm constantly trying to figure out, past, present, future, when it's given to me. And that's why I didn't recognize it was my future self because mm -hmm. I didn't ask, I don't, didn't even know to ask that question really. And my future self, she just said, was healing my past. Uh -huh. and so at that moment in time wow. that I was dipping in, I was, it was a moment in time in the future that was healing my past. It's like, it was like, we know when you go through the phase where to give yourself as a little girl, you know, what would you tell yourself or what would you, that was, 
the coincidence or the moment that was happening from my future self. All right. So Luana, let's just clarify that. So what you're saying is that, and I mean, from what we've talked about, and we've talked about this a lot, and we've talked to people on the flip side about it, we've heard that it's relatively, it feels like there's no time on the other side, because everything is so compressed that you can see all of your life with them simultaneously. It doesn't mean, but you also see people sequentially, like you ask somebody who did, you know, who greeted you on the other side, and they'll tell you first it was so and so, then it was so and so, in sequence, you know, as if there is a time from one thing to the next, it's not all simultaneous. So that idea that she's saying, your future self is always present, along with your past self, of course. And I guess if you can clarify, Lou, they're all one, like, it's all one thing, your higher self is helping you address these issues currently on stage in present time. Is that right? Yes. And when you're in, when you are present, or when you are in present time, you have access to all of it. The past, we already know, you know, right? We think sure. we know. We do, yeah. We have a- and one of the greatest things that, by the way, that I heard, one of the things that I've heard along the way is the best way to predict your future is by creating it. Hmm. Interesting. That's Dr. Joe Dispenza. The best way to predict your future is by creating it. And how do you create the future? You stop thinking about the past, you stop thinking about the future, but you get into the present moment, right? And so I know Luana is trying to trying to tell us by getting into that. Okay, hold on. Let me give me a second. I'm not am I talking to Luana. <laughs> now I'm questioning everything. She goes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she showed up with her white outfit like she does when she's teaching a class. And so that's what she just showed me. Um because she is, she's teaching a class here and there. That's so interesting. By watching what we're doing is teaching them as well. You have the ability to draw upon the greatest parts of yourselves now, from the future now, by getting into gratitude, by getting into being grateful, the same energy as being grateful as if it's already happened. Like all of, um, and not making it about you, but about the things like focus. Okay, thank you. Focus in on what you can do for your family, for your friends, make it for your country, for every, like, what is it? What can you do now to help it get realized quicker within yourself? My son and I were talking about this yesterday, and it was the idea of, we spend so much time thinking about ourselves while we're on stage. We don't spend that much time thinking about other people and their journey. And when you do that, we were talking about how you can't experience pain in two places at once because, you know, you're trying to like, if you're trying to help somebody uh, and they have a pain, a pain, you can distract them by squeezing on a different part of their body. And their brain can't really process pain at the same time simultaneously. So they start thinking about you're squeezing my hand. The same thing applies to when you're helping somebody else. When when you're focused on healing or helping somebody else, you can't worry about yourself because you're focused on healing or helping them. And part of the thing is to do a meditation of asking 
So who am I here to help or who am I here to heal? And if you can do that and then think of the person, whoever it is you're here to help, and then help them, you can't spend time thinking about yourself because your brain is focused on healing somebody else. So it's almost like, gee, I'm, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Lou, but what you're saying is while you're being compassionate, while you're being healing for somebody else, it heals you. Right. It helps. And you just brought up something else. You know, we talked about there's a lot of fear out there right now in mm-hmm. the world. People are afraid of World War III. They're afraid of, you know, a lot of things right now. And you can get caught up by watching the news. You can get, like, I don't watch the news. I, you know, I read when I need to read about it or ask my husband who seems to know everything about everything. Thank thank you for having a savant husband. Um, But she's, so what I was just shown again is by going into that compassion, like Buddhist monks, the Tibetan monks, like going into that compassion. And if we can do that collectively, there is a way to change the energy of our future. There's a way to change the energy of what can happen. If we start working on that now. Um, And plus that idea that you're, you become so caught up in your fear. Uh, memories of tragic things that have happened to you because then you focus on that instead of how can I change the future? Go ahead. Um, she's talking about how we can change the neuroplasticity in our, in our heads, our brains, right? The neuroplasticity and change with epigenetics. Epigenetics. I mean, all of that stuff is now, you know, science is backing everything up right now with what we can do about our collective consciousness like they are measuring it now. Um. <laughs> well, epigenetics kind of refers to fear that might be imprinted on your DNA. Right. But it's also right. what she's saying is when you meditate, you can dispense with that fear, eliminate it, change right. it. You don't have to let it control your life. Again, what do you say to your younger self that was in that state? Right? That's what she's talking about, the future self and how my future self was in that sp- <laughs> In the, somebody coming to say hi Hello. to you. Hello, can I help you? Um, it's so fascinating to me. I love this quantum space, and like we're talking about gratitude, of course, with Thanksgiving. You know, what does that mean to us? Some some people actually feel very lonely at this time because their family's not here. Sure, and they also or they don't like their family. You know, that's true too. Family. But that, those are stories that we tell ourselves too. But what they were just saying too is like put the. I mean, it goes back to putting a a, a chair out, putting it. You know, okay. Putting a chair out like you would for Elijah, right. you know, right. who's there at the table, or for so your I, lost loved one. Yeah. So I have I have a family that I talk to once a month that um, I donate. It they lost their son on a soccer field. He died all of a sudden. And he won't mind me saying this, his name's Shane. And he came through on Sunday and told them, I am so big up here that you have to move my seat. My His sister needs to change. And they That's all hilarious. laughed and started like laughed and cried. They're like, Jennifer, you have no idea. His seat is like, he does need, like right now, he, there's no way he could fit in his seat. And so he wanted to move seats with his sister. He's like, he's very adamant. He goes, she gets to watch the TV. And the only place you can watch the TV is from his seat. That's why he had it early on. It was so, for them, mind-blowing. That only was, they would understand what he was talking about. Only they would understand. It was so fascinating to me 
and so sweet and so kind. It's little things like that, but they, they do know where their seats are. And so and, they were just showing that too. And for the audience yeah. tuning in, Jennifer and I have talked about this before on Thanksgiving. Talk about your loved ones that are gone in present tense. Yes, in set present a, tense. Set a plate for them. Talk about them. That was another another client of mine uh, on Sunday. The, he said, set, you know, I want to be at the table. Set me, a, you know, give me a place at the table. And please go around. And this particular person took his own life. He just couldn't live here anymore. And and the family was, you know, heartbroken and grieving over it. And this was a father. And so I was talking to the daughter and somebody else. And he said to him, I have made people laugh my whole life. Can you guys, instead of mourning me, tell a joke of something that I said that would make everybody laugh? Like each person go around and say what their favorite memory is about that person. He goes, I promise you the table, everybody will be laughing instead of crying. That's that hilarious. Pink elephant. And he just died November 6th. So that big pink elephant in the room will no longer be there. He's like, I won't be the pink elephant in the room. I'll be the spirit watching you guys laugh. And when you think about somebody and you're thinking about what they did for you, the other night I saw Maestro, the new film with uh, Bradley Cooper. And he told a story after the screening. Uh, Todd Phillips was there, an old friend of his who directed him in Hangover. And he's told the story and it, he was so moved by it, he couldn't go on. He started to weep. But the story was that when the film wrapped of Hangover, Todd Phillips wrote him a note that said, I wish you believed in yourself as much as I believe in you. And now here he is, he's made this amazing film, but it so moved him that sentiment that somebody said to somebody who didn't think that much of themselves, Todd Phillips did this grand gesture. I don't know if he says that to everybody he works with, but it, it changed Bradley Cooper's life and will, and led to this very moment. He doesn't drink anymore. He like, He's he's helped other people for for their sober companionship. And I've heard lots of stories like on Smartlist, the podcast Smartlist. He helped, you know, he helped um what is his name? Oh my gosh. Both of those guys that are on there. He helped them with their sober path. I'll think of it in a second. Um I'm just not gonna think of it. I've been in the ethers. Too That's long. okay. You're talking about Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, they did an interview with Bradley Cooper and Brad, they thanked Bradley Cooper for helping them get sober. Well, I yeah. highly recommend the film. It's really moving and, and it's kind of life-changing. It's a lot of fun. Well, Luana, we didn't want to take the spotlight away from you, dear. What is it you would no, like she to wants, She wants to impart that no one's alone. No one is. This idea that we're tethered to people that we love. Yeah. I was speaking to my aunt this morning. She's 100 years old. Happy birthday to Aunt Nelda. And I asked her, uh, you know, has your sister or your mom ever stopped by to see you? Her initial thing was to say, well, they passed away, dear. And I said, I, I, I know that. And she said, oh, you mean in dreams? And then, she, and then she said, yes. And not as a matter of fact, I've seen my mother in the room talking to me and sending me love. She said, I feel like she's always tethered to me. She's always yeah. watching over me. And always. people don't realize that is the case. Your loved ones are not only not far away, they literally are connected to you so that you can always pull them in and ask, you like my mime there? 
and ask them to help with whatever yeah. it is that you're struggling with. You're never. Yeah. And not only that, they're also in the room to help guide the people that are going to be leaving the room, leaving this, leaving their play here. And so they make it to where it's not going to be, it's a softer landing. So they're not going to be afraid when it's right. time. Right. Because, you know, once you can start acknowledging that there's a possibility that there's an afterlife, then you no longer argue about it. Because there's a possibility. And you can't like... You, it's a possibility, but you also can't undo what you know. You can't, like, I can't walk away from my work denouncing the afterlife. That would I be can't. crazy. That would, there's a, there's a mini series. Yeah. The medium that's no, I was just making that up. <laughs> like, never mind. I, actually, I was just super smart and got it off the computer. Yeah, I got it online. I have an assistant in my ear. I love the fact that there's, you know, when I work with my clients that are well-known, that I never have given anything that's been on the internet. Never. I I said one thing once to Steve Jobs' daughter. I'm like, I see horses. She goes, uh-huh. I know exactly what you're talking about. And that, that was the only time I said I see horses, and I didn't see it online. She told me, I'm like, can I look you up now afterwards? And I'm like, oh, she was an equestrian writer for Stanford. And she's oh, a wow. very, like, I had no idea. So the fact that I said, I see horses that was on the internet, but I didn't know. I didn't know. Well, that. Jennifer, I've been filming you for eight years and <laughs> I ask you questions that only I know the answer to. And then you repeat them to me. My, one of the weirdest conversations we've ever had was right after I finished the book, Hacking the Afterlife. We were just having a conversation, having lunch together. And you said, Robin Williams is here. And I said, oh, okay, that's cool. I met him once, you know, what does he want? And you said, quote, he wants you to put his chapter back in the book. And when you said that, I thought to myself, oh, my God, she must have gotten into my computer. How did she know that I deleted that chapter out of the book? I didn't tell anybody. It had, no one's read it. No one's seen it. I literally thought, how did she get a software into my computer? You see? So I went through all that. And then I went, okay, I'll put it back in. I mean, I rewrote it a little bit, but I put it back in the thing. And so the idea that you would say that and you could not possibly in no stretch, nobody knew that, that I had gone delete because I thought it was too much about me meeting Robin and what I thought of him, blah, blah, blah. Clearly, Robin's a perfect person. If you're having trouble on Thanksgiving, Robin is the person to invite to your table. You can put him on YouTube. They have clips of his shows for hours. Just put him on and let him make everybody in the house laugh because I, laughter is the thing that will heal. It is it's also, they just showed me, thank you. It's the same energy as gratitude. It's the same energy as healing. It's the same energy because you have to be present in order to see, to laugh, right? Yeah. You can't laugh when you're thinking about your, you know, you could nostalgia. My dad reminded me, right. you could, you know, be laughing about that, but, um, so let me ask your dad a question because your dad's here. Why not? Can I? Yeah. So, Jim, how many years ago did he leave the planet? Six years. Six years. Six, six years, 27 days, and 31 seconds. So, Jim, if you could just give us a, a hint or an example. I love when your dad shows up. He's so knowledgeable and he's so open. But what does it feel like for you? What does six years feel like for you in terms of your journey? 30 minutes. 
30 minutes. More like 30 seconds, he says. Closer to 30 seconds. I But relatively, what you're saying is it's so fast. It's so it's so little amount of time for your experience. We are over here saying, well, how could you be talking to somebody, you know, from 600 years ago or 60 years ago or six years ago? It's because to them, it's not that it's relative time is relatively different. I just asked them like, so are you doing more work over there than here? And he showed me multiple of my dad, like a lot of gems over there. I'm like, okay, what do you mean by that? And he just says, he goes, it's like having a bunch of me in different times and space, you know, at a dinner table, like a bunch of gyms that are at different ages, different type. like, hold, hold on a second. He's like, think about all the memories that bring us together. Say it again. He's saying to me, think about all of the memories that bring me together with him. So the nostalgia part. So if I think about when I was five years old, that a picture of me that comes to me, it was one of my favorite birthday parties that I had. And yeah, I know I'm all about birthdays, apparently. It's my son's birthday. I can't believe I have a 21 year old. Um, I know, dad. <laughs> Each memory could be assigned to a different gym. It's signed to a different gym in that time. It's not like it's, it's, uh, how would it, hold on. Just say that I can be everywhere at any moment in time. You can because you're outside of time. You can. It's like right. when we have conversations with Jesus and we ask Jesus, are do you sure? As usual, I'm making it way more difficult. <laughs> well, but that, that idea, we ask him, you know, Jesus, can you show up to anybody at any time? And he's like, hello, I'm outside of time. Well, like, you know, how hard is that? Like, don't waste my time, please. But still, I can. It's that idea that you can be. And Jim, are you still in that astrophysics class? Because the first time we talked to you, you took us. I finished it. You finished the class. Okay, very interesting. Okay. Are you, are you on to another class or? Helping little Blakey. He showed me helping my daughter. Oh, my daughter so your astrophysics. daughter is an astrophysicist. So. She was astrophysics student of the year at Maricosta the year she graduated. What? Yeah. Fantastic. An aerospace engineer with an emphasis on astronautics at Cal, Cal Poly Slow. She's in Japan right now. She is. Oh my, gosh. Wow. my dad promised me, he just showed me again that he's going to keep her safe. So there's that. Very good. Hold on. He's taking a whole different type of physics now. Oh, okay. All right. He wanted, he wanted to learn the connectivity between this dimension and that dimension. But now he's taking dimensional connectivity. And now he's taking something that's galactical. So almost like quantum mechanics on a big, huge space level. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, when we have more time, I will take it's some. Astrophysics physics look like this. Like, Oh, wow. So, Jim, when we have more time, I'd love to be able to grill you about that and ask you more questions. I'm like, so you get to hang out with my future self? And he's like, of course. Yeah, why wouldn't he? Because you're still talking to me in the future. That's very funny. All right, very good. Luana, any last words you want to give us about Thanksgiving? Oh. Well, Robin Williams came by and said, love, love again. Love, it love. says it all. Love, love, love what love, love is. Dump. Like, so if you have relatives that you don't want to be with, start love dumping them. Just 
that's you know um remember them when you did like them remember them what don't like don't ever judge somebody that you haven't walked in their shoes you know or pretend they're no longer on the planet and then you're amused by what they're doing or don't waste your energy on them either by not wasting their energy you can still be with them but just don't let them affect that means don't let them affect you that's right. You can control, you can't control how other people talk or behave at Thanksgiving, but you can control how you react to them. Correct. Very good. Lou, you going to let Robin have the last word? Oh, she just put her arms around us and said, happy anniversary to us. Oh, thank you, Lou. Well, that's right. We were, you were the three of us. That's really the thing. You put us together. It is the weirdest thing in the world. I was looking at a picture of you the other day, Luana, with uh, your friend Hazel, who's also over there on the flip side, and you were teenagers. And I was thinking to myself, how unusual is it that here we are conversing and having conversations and learning new information decades and decades later? How fabulous is that? It's kind of crazy. <laughs> okay. Uh, she says it'll make sense once you get to the afterlife. It'll make one sense once we get to the flip side. Once we We're get trying, to the sequel. We are trying to make it sense of it now, but yes. That's right. All right. Very good. All right. I, I, I'm right. You have to go. Is that right? All right. Well, thank you, Luana. Happy Thanksgiving. And happy thank Thanksgiving you to everybody or whenever you're listening to this or happy holidays in the future because the future people are going to be listening to this that's right our people in the future our future selves who are going to be tuning in and going what were they thinking anyways love you all we'll catch you on the flip side have a happy and safe holiday and jim uh thank you again for stopping by to talk to your daughter and me thank you This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime.